This podcast is brought to you by Zotes Sunflower Seeds, the number one flavored sunflower seeds on the planet. Visit Zotes.com. Now, welcome to the Accidental Experience with Mark Comer. Hi, and welcome to another edition of the Accidental Experience. I am Mark Comer, and I am here with Jimmy Boy, not together physically, but as always, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. Is that right, Jim? You know it, all three. <laughs> so so kind of a, a pretty crazy weekend. Um, you know, um, you had some really great college basketball games, and then it ended up with just such, oh, just it makes my heart warm and melt the 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 oscars and so let's talk about a little bit of of what happened in college basketball first yes well what what happened in college basketball first well a lot of fun things happened so it was a really uh boring day i went out to the beach with the boys played a little volleyball enjoyed life but it was freezing, even though the sun was out. Anyways, it was there wasn't a lot going on. I'm still going through weird withdrawals from the NFL, and I don't know if you're feeling that or if you're just head deep in kids' sports. But uh, everything was culminating to five o'clock PST, as we like to call it, Pacific time, where the Bruins and Arizona, top four and top five teams in the nation, were going to be playing, followed by. Me watching, I don't know, 15 minutes or so of the BYU game and then going, uh, getting some dinner and going to bed. Um, it turned into just a wonderful night for old Jimmy Boy in the uh, college football, starting with UCLA. Well, you know, college basketball is a lot of fun. You know, we talk a little bit of the NBA. We, we love football. You know, we love college football. We love NFL football. Um, you know, basketball, there's a lot of games. There's more games, and then it really gets exciting right during March Madness. But this weekend, going into kind of as as we're kind of getting ready for Selection Sunday and, and getting ready for the postseason tournaments for, for the conferences, like you said, there was, there were some pretty big games. And the UCLA-Arizona game, that had to have been a toss-up. I don't know what the spread was, but it had to have been even, Right. Yeah, I mean, I think it was might have been somebody by three or four. I didn't even check, but just going in, you knew whoever was going to hit the big shots was going to win. Right, and that was a great game. And so, no, you know, then then you turn around and you have BYU going into the number one ranked team, undefeated Gonzaga, twenty nine and zero, who have obviously a very very good record at home, and they beat Arizona earlier this year. They beat Florida earlier this year. Very legit basketball team. Very, I would say, legit top five. Would you agree with that? Well, I would have said legit number one because you look and see who they played. They didn't have those back-to-back games, which are always tough in the, you know, well, I guess it's the, it's not really the, was it the Big 12? I, I, my conferences in, in basketball are all screwed up. The ones where you play like Kansas and then Louisville, or I guess right. they're in different conferences. Right. Right. They didn't have that uh, Arizona game. And then followed by, you know, UCLA the next two days later. Right. But in the Pac-12, all the teams are hit and miss on the one and one. So UCLA is really good. USC is yeah, they'll probably make the tournament, but not great. That's probably the toughest one. 
But Cal's good. Stanford sucks. Oregon's good. Oregon State sucks. So normally I wouldn't give them that credit, the, the credence for getting to play Portland. I'm talking about Gonzaga uh, for playing a Portland and the University of San Diego and really having time to gear up for the only four games that are tough, which are BYU and St. Mary's. But no one else was – if you look at all the schedules, no one else was really playing – back-to-back tough games, which is which happens a lot of times when Cal and Stanford are both good or Arizona and Arizona State are both good. Um, so it, I think I think they were legit number one. And they, what was this? Did you see the score on Thursday for Gonzaga? Yeah, yeah it was they, San Diego, right? Wasn't it San Diego? Right. Yeah, yeah, San Diego, they, won them, they beat them by 60-something. Yeah, it was 96 to 38. Now, right, now BYU barely beat them. I went to that game. Yeah. It was a nail biter. Well, and I believe, I believe this year BYU actually lost. Didn't BYU lose to BYU lost to San Diego this year? Just so you know. Right at San Diego, but that's a at San Diego. That's like playing in the pit in New Mexico. No, they're horrible. You're talking about a team that just won by sixty. Now let's talk about real quick Gonzaga's schedule this year. They beat San Diego State, who. Fisher, always a good program. Yeah, I'm guessing legit. they'll be they'll probably be in the in the NCAA. Right. They beat Florida. Yes. Um they beat West Virginia. They beat Iowa State, who's ranked number twenty one right now. Right. They beat Arizona, who just dropped, but you know, they're ranked sixteenth right now. They beat University of Washington, they beat Tennessee, uh they beat that that's that's about all. You know, they beat St. Mary's twice. Who's yeah. the top twenty team? I mean, that's yeah. Well, that's that's nine top twenty teams. Right. So that's not that's not a cakewalk. So our top twenty five teams. So, so if you look at Sagarin ratings right now, you know, in USA Today, their their version of it, they are five and zero versus top fifty, and they are three and zero versus top twenty five. And oh, I thought we just named nine teams that were in the top twenty five at some point. Yeah, well, yeah, they, that's this is based on Sagarin, and they're still number one. Oh, they have them still, gotcha, they gotcha. still have them ranked number one, but they're they were like you said, they were a legit, probably first ranked team. Now, of course, I got a couple of texts from Utah fans that said, "See, I told you they were overrated because BYU beat them." So that's okay. <laughs> There's no, it's a no win. It's, it's like dealing with a liberal. There's yeah, no win to that. No win. So, so anyway, here's what I enjoyed about this game. You know, it was Saturday. We actually had a Saturday. Not much is going on. Chase had basketball. Easton maybe had no. He's on a, a some a, a snow camp out and got back in the afternoon. We we decided to go to a movie with the family because we haven't for a long time, right? We haven't had a Saturday that's been free for a long time. And um, right. So we go to the movie Lion, which we'll talk about maybe a little bit in the Oscars. I don't know if you've seen Lion, but it's a really really good show. Um, no, I heard it was awesome. And and so then we go to uh, then we go home and it's time to kind of settle in and, and watch a little bit of BYU basketball. But here's what was so great about it. Zero expectations. We've talked about BYU basketball this year. Now, for those of you who don't know, BYU have three kids on their team right now that are that were top one hundred, if not top fifty ESPN ranked kids coming out of high school. You know, they played together at high school. They won a national championship at high school here in Utah. And so the expectations have been pretty high. 
They're pretty young. One of them's a sophomore, and I think two of them, two are sophomores, and one's a freshman, I believe. But no, they're all sophomore. Oh, okay. So Haas, I thought Haas was only a freshman. But yeah, he played a year before his mission. But so, so now there's the expectations. They they they've lost to three teams ranked between 225 and 250 this year. Going into Gonzaga, they just haven't played as a team. There's no way in the world that they win the game. They're 20-point underdogs. Gonzaga's playing for an undefeated season, doing all these different things, and it started out, you watch the first 15 minutes of the game, it started out where at one point it was Gonzaga up 18-2. to Yeah. So... So, so that is that about the time you shut off your TV and decided to go to dinner? No, I didn't watch it till late, anyways. And I, uh, I was actually at one of the tastes. I had a couple of things that we were doing, the wifey and I, and uh, we watched UCLA, and and then we went to dinner, and then we did a couple other things on a date, and all of a sudden my phone blew up. And you know me, I never check it because even I don't check even if there was a chance of anything happening. But I just look down and all of a sudden it's just like, are you watching the game? So at that point I knew yeah. I was going to So I watched that whole, I would say, first half and in 15 minutes into the second half. Because at that point I turned it off. Like, I'm not going to get any text. And so I saw, so I knew they were going to make a comeback and then, when I saw it was 18 to 2, I was thinking, am I watching the game? Of course. Like, who, would have, who was sending those texts? Like, well, and then, of course, I saw what was going down. And then uh, I, I, I watched the last five minutes with no idea who won. Well, that's nice that you made. Now, by the way, Haas is a, tr- a freshman. He went straight out on his mission right from high school. So what? He, this I is thought his, he redshirted. Nope. This is his freshman year. And because he was younger than Emery in school, he was a year younger. I thought him and Mika were on the team, but he redshirted. No, so no, that so uh, that that's so Mika's a sophomore, Emery's a sophomore, Haas is a freshman, and watching that game, they're down sixteen. I actually tweet something out saying, "Was BYU was Gonzaga is going to cover their spread in the first half." Yeah, points. I read your tweet and laughed. And so so then, as the game continued to go on, and BYU's without their starting forward, Yoli Childs, a true freshman who is a really good ball player. And so so they don't have anyone. They're starting this kid. I, won't even, I don't even know how he's on the team. No offense to this kid, but back-to-back-to-back turnovers. He just, they, they, they don't have depth. They, they, they don't have any depth. And so Yoli Childs is hurt. There's no way they're winning this. They fight back. They bring it within... One or so in the first half, and then maybe down six. Second half, they're going. They go down by about 12 points. And the zero expectations was great because me and my boys kept looking. So I was like, see, they're not going to win this game. And I'm sorry. I'm, I've got to tell you, that's, that's where we're at with this team this year. There's no way they're going to win this game. But I'll tell you, Mika, if you watch, you ought to watch the, the whole second half. That No, no, I watched the whole game. I was wondering as I was watching it. I didn't see the end live. I saw the end without knowing who won. Okay, gotcha. So you yeah, watched, so I watched. Yeah, so I watched because like I started getting all the texts with about probably five to ten minutes left in the game. Like, are you watching? Like all my buddies, there's like you're watching this, right? And uh, at that point, 
I turned off my phone. So I watched. So I watched the whole game. But when it was eighteen to two, I was like, "Why are they? Why were they sending me these texts?" Exactly. Because like, I'm watching the whole thing. Right. And uh, then, then the magic happened. And and the funny thing was, I came out and said, and I even saw a guy at the beach, a big BYU fan, and he said, uh, "They got to just get Mika going." I said, "It's not getting Mika going. Mika will happen." <laughs> If if they hit their threes and you watch what happens and they did nothing until they started hitting threes and then guess what they had to come out right and that's when Mika took off and Mika even then his he was hitting his uh, his seventeen footer right he he wasn't like I mean he had a couple where he went in there and muscled up and kind of got in there but the part where I started getting excited and I already had text to let me know I was excited but the big uh, oof is from you know Lithuanian Dorf one of those weird European places, uh, went over the middle, and he just threw him down like a like a baby. And I'm like, oh, he must have tripped. And I watched it again, and he just threw him down. I'm like, oh, Cougars are ready. I mean, Cougars are they're going to win this. Like, something's going down. They're actually excited to be playing basketball. Well, and Gonzaga, they hate BYU now. They're fans. They're dirty. They're cheap. Uh, they got all the calls. The, the officiating was horrible, so so we've heard everything. But in, I think, and I think, and I'm sure you will share this sentiment. Well, now I have to because you set it up like that. It's a good. It's good for Gonzaga to lose that game at that time. You don't go into the 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 postseason. You don't go into March Madness undefeated. I think there's more pressure. It's a wake up call to these guys. They have a very good deep team. And I think that, that if they're going to have a loss, that's the time that it needs to happen for them. Yeah, and no. So the yeah part is losing is good. I think it would have been a lot more beneficial for them to lose to St. Mary in the final or to BYU in the in the semis in in the tournament. Going thirty and zero just doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean it just a lot. Wichita State did it, but um, you know. It, it, <laughs> The way that they lost that game, but that's what you got to do. You got to hit your threes. That's your only chance. Remember, I think they shot four threes in the. I want to go check the BYU score. How many uh, threes they hit in game one, and how many they hit in game two? And I think they might have hit four, or shot six, or something horrible in game one. And in game two, I don't know how many they made, but they just kept shooting and shooting. And that's what you got to do. Open things up. Open it up. Well, and as we as we are sitting here, I will tell you exactly what their stats were when they played Gonzaga the first time. Now, this was at home, yeah. and, and they lost by 10 points. And actually, I thought their effort was pretty good that game. I thought they the, – my biggest complaint about BYU this year is some games their effort isn't there. Yeah, and that 10-point loss, though, was one of those where not once did I feel yeah, like right. they were making a run. It was like – it was like from 16 to 10, back to 18, back to 10, back to 12, back to... It was... Well... Yeah, it wasn't... They were 6 for 22 from three-point land. In the first game. In the first game, and they shot 35% from the field. Gonzaga was 7 for 20, so 35% from three-point land, and shot 45%. Um, also had about eight more free throws than BYU did that game. So that was the, that was the first game, Right? This second yeah. game that we enjoyed so much, um, 
obviously, you know, Nick Emery didn't start out very hot. He was he was pretty cold and missed missed a few, but then he had a couple of pretty big back to back shots. But this game, um, BYU actually shot thirty seven and a half percent from three. So nine, how many? Nine for twenty four. All right, so they got an extra ten. They got an extra ten points off of threes. And they shot forty five percent from the field, which part was Mika was on fire and played a, just a phenomenal game away from the basket, which forced their bigs to come out on him. And he can drive really well. But my favorite play of the game was a big momentum shift was that two-handed dunk block that Mika had that most players would have just turned around and ran down the court. He ran in, challenged this guy, and said, you're not scoring. And the referees didn't call a foul. Looked very clean, two hands on the ball. And uh, that was a a big play. Very exciting game. Yeah, I did enjoy the... the, um... The quickness of the fans going from beat BYU, or they had some little beat BYU chant, to NIT. As soon as the game was done, as soon as they knew they were going to lose, they just started chanting NIT to the BYU players. That was funny. It's kind of like, that's, that's all you got. That's all they had. BYU, funny enough, interesting stat time, okay? They, beat, they have beat Gonzaga the last three times in Spokane the last three years. Two years ago, Spokane, or Gonzaga was ranked third in the country. Last year, ranked 25th. This year, ranked number one. So BYU is against Gonzaga. They're like four and it's some weird stat about they're 0-13 against top 25 teams other than Gonzaga in the last five years or something like that. Yeah. But, but they just have their number. They're in their head. And it's uh, and, and by the time by the way, BYU is like four and seven against Gonzaga over the last number of years. The rest of the conference is like three and sixty six against Gonzaga over that same time period. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, we're their Achilles heel, and it's beautiful and glorious. And next year, I think Gonzaga is losing some guys. I'm sure they'll get some, but I think BYU is going to be strong for the next two years. After this, so it'll be continue to uh, be hated out there. We need another place for us to be hated, so might as well throw it out. Well, I loved an article that somebody from Gonzaga, a sports writer in Spokane, wrote about how Eric Mika has cemented himself as the as a you know one of the most hated uh, players ever by Gonzaga fans, and he was it was actually a very complimentary article, but it was uh, you know it was pretty right. funny. So it'll it'll be good. And then this week in Vegas they play. That, that Throwdown though was, I, I can't believe how easy he went down on it. He just grabbed his right arm. Yeah, yeah. He's a he went down like a bag of potatoes. He's a strong man. Okay, he's a strong man. So, so that was a fun. That was a fun weekend. Obviously, we know baseball started. Giants beat the Cubs. Something they couldn't do in their last game of last year in in uh, you know uh, spring in spring training, but. Uh, you know, more than anything, on this kind of this shortened little pod this week, um, because you're heading out to H-Town, and I'm heading out yeah. to, uh, to Vegas, and, and there's a lot going on this week. But um, last night, did you, and do you care, but did you anticipate it being a huge political message from the very educated um, entertainment uh, world, or what, what were you expecting with the Oscars and... 
and uh, well, I was expecting. Points. Yeah, I was. Ex- I was expecting it to get pretty rambunctious. Um, I enjoy that a little bit just because it's so silly and stupid, and I think that it actually hurts them when they say those things. So I was. I was definitely excited for that. You know, in Hollywood, Oscar is king. Comer, remember that. Um, but yeah, I, I think it went off for the most part, like I thought. But there was a couple great. You know, let me just go to the emails, and that will lead me through the Oscars. But ultimately, I was very satisfied with with what I got. How much did you watch, if any? I watched a little bit, and it was kind of high speed, and there were some pretty funny things. And and uh, you know, I, I I actually thought it wasn't as bad as some of these other shows, as far as. How they try to politicize everything, and and uh, you know, so well, I like that a little bit. Yeah, did you see the part where they let the <laughs> let the people come in? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I was really surprised by um, how unimpressed the people were. Mm. Like, did you notice? Like, they thought that they were going to say surprise and have them all screaming and going crazy, and they're all just sitting there staring at them. Like, oh hey, and then they started talking to them, but. I it was agree. so funny because they had it forced these people that without cameras wouldn't talk to these five guys in a million years, uh-huh. but the cameras were on them, so they had to all go and engage. Oh, they're, so yeah, they're hugging and they're, they're yeah, no, totally, totally, and even Denzel, he had a tough time even faking that that he wasn't bugged, you know, when he was yeah. uh, when he was up there when he was up there talking. But yeah, I thought that was actually pretty funny. Yeah, it was good, and I like Kimmel in general, and he did have a couple little, he had to do, you have to throw it out, because he wants to always endear himself to Hollywood, but for sure, he had uh, one or two things where he said, uh, it was a happy ending joke for Moonlight, and he's like, it would have been funnier if you guys saw it, oh wait, you just pretend you saw it, or said something to that effect, because <laughs> no one saw it, and no one cares, and by the way, I went and saw Moonlight, because I thought it was Moonlighting, uh-huh. You know, with uh, Sybil Shepherd. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, and I saw Moonlight, and I got to tell you, uh, the original Moonlighting, the TV show, yeah. uh, is still more gay. So Really? That's yeah. amazing, because Hollywood, Hollywood gave an Academy Award for African-American gay themes. That That's surprising. Yeah, a druggy African-American inner-city uh, gay guy won the, the Oscar, and afterwards they said... Who would have thought that we could have done it? Um, me, I can write. I can write a script right now. It's about a uh, midget lesbian who uh, is Muslim, and she's trying to make it in a uh, predominantly Christian area, most, uh, preferably Catholic. Boom! I just wrote an Oscar movie. You're welcome. Thank you. Here's the funny thing. Last year, I believe it was that the black community was protesting the Oscars because there's not enough. Black actors, right? Wasn't it just right. one year ago? Yeah. Boy, how they they responded very well. Good job, Hollywood. Oh, yeah. That is. Just- they they learned their lesson. Trust me. You know who's bummed out is La La Land, which is just a great movie. I loved it thoroughly. And the guys just like any other year, I would have won, but this is a backlash to not having any black dudes, and so I got screwed on that. Exactly. But uh, yeah, I mean. Anyways, here we go. All right, you ready? Yeah, let's go to the email. Are you buckled in? Yeah, oh yeah. Open up the pod gates, or the uh, mailbag. All right, first one. Hey guys, love the show, but I am super pissed at Scarlett Johansson 
for stealing my hairstyle at the Oscars. Sincerely, Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell. I don't know if you saw that, but uh, very... I, I was, like, all excited because I thought they were going to do, like, a funny Zach Morris thing. It was just Scarlett Johansson, which got me more excited. Yeah, sure. Um, all right, here's one. Hey, guys, I really wanted to be at the Oscars to hear about how much everyone loved me, but they wouldn't let me in. Must have been a mistake. Sincerely, immigrants. Okay. Can't believe they just open. Why, why do they even have doors? Why do they just let people wander in? That was crap. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I agree 100%. There should have been an entire section right there. Yeah, by the way, I have uh, wanted to do this pod today, Monday, because... A, people are probably going to see all these wonderful jokes, and B, they're going to be totally boring and old by the time Thursday ran around. So, All right. Hey, guys, I saw Hacksaw Ridge won a bunch of Oscars. What the crap? I saw that movie, and it sucked. Jim Hacksaw Duggan was not in any of the scenes I saw. Sincerely, Vince McMahon. So. Oh, yeah, Hacksaw. I love that guy. Yeah. He was the best. Between him and George the Animal Steel, R.I.P., uh, that got me through my adolescence. All right. Uh, La La Land, are you there? Yep. Oh, I heard something crazy. La La Land got screwed. Moonlight is not my best picture. Sincerely, California Berkeley student body. So they're not accepting the, uh, the final results. What did you think of that ending? Well, I thought that it was uh, pretty funny and it brought a lot of attention, a lot more attention to it. I got you got to wonder sometimes, but... You know, some of these little mistakes that happen sure bring a lot more attention to these events than they would have had. Right. The event itself is really lame. And thank goodness for uh, TiVo so you can fast forward through all the technical stuff and and when the speech is drawn up, drawn on a little long. But, uh-huh. yeah, you, it, it's got to be the best thing that happened because they said this was the least watched, or not the least watched, but one of the least watched in a uh, in quite a while, which has me thinking. So Saturday Night Live not funny. The cast is horrible, uh-huh. and they're getting the best ratings ever because of the Trump stuff. Yet I guarantee the reason this was down so much is because the people that like Trump didn't watch it. So why did one go up and the other one went down? That's my question to you. I don't know. That's a good question, but I know there's a lot of people. Hashtag boycott Oscars going on last night. And, yeah, and I think, of, yeah. You know, so I don't know. I think part of it is not a lot of people watch Saturday Night Live, so any bump they get from all the left mm-hmm. makes a huge difference. And Oscars, I think for the most part, unless you're lame, everybody watches the Oscars. And then so when those people say, I'm not going to watch, it makes a bigger difference or something to that effect. All right. Uh, here's one. First Trump and now Moonlight. I cannot be stopped. I control Hollywood and Washington, D.C. Sincerely, Vladimir Putin. So, uh, Vlad, the Vladinator. He's weighing in. It's good to hear from Vlad. Yeah. Well, this is a good one. This is a very scriptural one coming in. Hillary Clinton, Penn State in the Rose Bowl, Alabama football, Gonzaga, Golden State Warriors, and Atlanta Falcons. I told you all of this would be a sign. Sincerely, John the Revelator. So... I do not know a lot about the book of Revelations. I need to read and find out all that were mentioned. You may uh, want to. Golden yeah. State Warriors. But uh-huh. Yeah, you may want to. I guarantee every one of those had a, like a 1% chance of losing somewhere during each one of those games. Unreal. Slash thing. All right. 
Uh, oh, here's a good one. Now I know how Steve Bartman felt after the Cubs won the World Series. Free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. Sincerely, Steve Harvey. So, how many times was he mentioned? Like, oh, my God. Steve Harvey. Oh, my gosh. But you know what was so amazing about that is, and Warren um, Beatty, he said that after. He said, you know, I looked at it. And there was something wrong because when you see him read it, lot you know when when he read it, he 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 pauses, and and even who was that Faye Dunaway, right? Yeah. She says, "Oh, you're impossible." She kind of, like he's messing around, but I don't think he was. I mean, he's looking at it like something's not right here because it says <laughs> best yeah. supporting actress or whatever it is. You know what I yeah. mean? And then and then she just looks at it and just oh oh yeah La La Land because that's all she saw, but. That was that was really bizarre. <laughs> I know they had to have done it on purpose. Uh, here's a we got a few more. Here's one that only I enjoy, I think. But we'll see if you've seen the movie. I can understand an actor screwing up that call, but not an actor that also played QB for the Rams and took them to the Super Bowl. Sincerely, dude that saw Heaven Can Wait and thought it was a documentary. <laughs> Do you remember that movie? Oh yeah, heck yeah! You know what's so crazy? And this is back to like. When we were talking about Howard Cosell and Monday Night Highlights, I was so starved for sports as a kid because we didn't have internet and it was on when it was on that I watched that movie a hundred times and would just fast forward to the, the, the Monday night game or the, the night game where he, you know, the final scene where he's in Rams gear and just watch it over and over. Like, that's how desperate I was for any sort of sports. Like, now I can, uh, my kid's like, I wanted to see the Ghost to the Post game. Boop, 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 boop. There, it's on the TV right now. And I, and I was watching fake uh, <laughs> Heaven Can Wait, where he played for the Rams. In that whole crap movie, two hours long, I had to watch 20 seconds of it over and over again. So, right. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I remember that movie. The only thing I didn't like about it was he was on the Rams. Yeah, well, uh, he, wanted to, he took us to the promised land. We didn't win the Super Bowl, but he got us there. All right, uh, two more. Uh, this one, Viola Davis is right. Did you see Viola Davis? She's the one in Fences, the black lady. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, did you see her? So, uh, I tweeted about that. Yeah, pretty pompous. So here's what she said. Viola Davis is right. This is a tweet. Or this is the email. Viola Davis is right. An actor really is the only profession that knows what it means to live a life. My life is just a shame. Sincerely, Mother Teresa. Mm-hmm. Mother yeah. Teresa and firemen and doctors and fill in you know that is one of the dumbest that right there is why i could care i couldn't care less about the opinion of hollywood because they don't live in reality if if you took a group of people right and you said who Mm -hmm. least lives in like the normal person (laughs) right would it would it be Rock star, musician, famous musicians, or famous entertainers, or famous athletes. Right. I think athletes do a little bit more. No, athletes had to work at their right. craft more than right. any of those other two. Yes. Maybe even musicians. I would put, yeah, musicians have to sit there and sweat and go to crappy clubs all day and all night. I definitely think that the number one is the actor because they were born with looks, right? Uh-huh. You're not going to get some ugly dude or fat dude or fat chick up there dancing, doing any of that stuff. So they didn't even work at that. And then they are easier, easily the most miserable, the most self-centered, the most uh, vain, uh-huh. the most 
what, what is it called? Yeah, hate other people are the most competitive, like vindictive, uh-huh. like everything that is bad <laughs> in a human being is is done in Hollywood to the point where you get guys that are just kind of cool, like Clint Eastwood, and everyone talks about how he's the greatest human ever just because he's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, they're the worst people ever, and yet they're the only ones that get to truly live a life. Yeah, they're the only ones that truly get to live. I mean, isn't that just – it's – it's like I said, I don't care their opinion. Now, I read newspapers sometimes or, or online. You know, you read a ton of stuff. You see um, news shows and you have some that are very far right with Fox and very far left with CNN and some of these. But, but at least I, I think these guys somewhat are more informed. That's their job. That's what they do. Why do I care what an actress thinks – about a political a, a political situation. That that's what I'm curious. Why do I care? Yeah. Well, you know, the, as that uh, one girl that you follow on Twitter came out and said the whole show about white hats that they gave an Oscar to is about people that are also Al Qaeda. So it's just it's so stupid, so screwed up. They are so easily swayed. Yeah. And they're so they're so lame. And in fact, this is our final uh, our final mailbag. Email Hollywood is so lame. Sincerely, America. There you go. Yeah, that's well. That's so true. And the only comment I'll have is that the White Helmets documentary. There have been a lot of accusations that some of the White Helmet there they were rescuing kids supposedly in Syria, right? Right. I don't know if you know kind of the back the the, the back. Story yeah. No, I was reading the tweets and articles from that girl. Yeah. Well, and and it's and there's many people that are saying it. Some governments, some and that that the, some of those. White helmet rescuers are actually part of terrorist groups. And so what's interesting to me is it's almost like we go so the pendulum, like we talked about the other day, the pendulum goes so far from the right to the left. There now Hollywood was praising the Quran quote, which is a holy book for that religion, and I respect that. That's their deal. The next but but there's some very interesting points. That, that are made even in the next verse right there. But Hollywood, it's very selective what they want to support and what's great. And so they may have, they may have awarded an Oscar to a terrorist. And now I, I'm sure we haven't heard the end of it, right? Yeah, well, yeah, whether the guy is a terrorist, at least the people, and they show pictures of them in their white hats and then in their guns, terrorism guns, blazing. So right. it, it's... It's such a joke. It's such a, uh, you know, as your favorite rock or your favorite punk band of the 80s, it's a Circle J. It's just people loving themselves. Everyone sees it. Everyone knows it, I think, for the most part. I'm sure there's that 20% that really believes these people are, you know, some sort of royalty. But I enjoy it. I'll always watch it. But part of the enjoyment is just watching these guys talking about how great they are. And just like, it is so funny and amazing to me. Well, and I think you, and you're right. I think people they're buying into it less. They're, the credibility is gone. The ratings are down. I think that people are just getting a little bit smarter in a certain way that they're just buying into that. So anyway, that's that's that. Yeah, it was an, overall it was a great weekend. It was an entertaining weekend. You're off to H Town. You have a good uh, good trip there down in. Uh, now remember, in about six months from now, or or maybe less. You know, BYU yeah. and LSU, we need to uh, we need to meet there, you know. 
Yeah, I'm uh, excited. I heard Zotes is sponsoring it, so that makes that takes a load off me, and I'm just excited to be a part of that and yep. fire up that jet and make it happen. Let's do it. That's exactly that's exactly right. Zotes is sponsoring it, so we're going to make it happen. We're gonna, they're going right, to get us there. Good. They're going to buy some really good seats. That's 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 what uh, that's what the plan is. Sounds like a deal. All right. Well, you know, uh, that's it. That's all I got. We got. Let's go have uh, get some work done, and uh, we'll talk next week. All right, Jimmy. Thanks. Have a great trip. And for everyone else, of course, thanks to Zotes. Zotes.com, AE15, 15% off great seeds. Thanks to DC, who's sailing the high seas right now, but it's still working, and we'll get this uploaded. Thanks to everyone who downloads and shares this pod. And uh, NoCalVSoCal at gmail.com. Send us some thoughts on... Oscars on BYU on USC on the the, the future Super uh, World Series champion Giants this year. Dodgers, send us those thoughts. And until then, um, for everyone, I guess we'll just have to say we will catch you on the flip side. Moonlight. <laughs>